I knew we didn't have a lot of money, but I didn't feel like we didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. You know, so I felt like my parents did a really good job of helping us not attach our worth to money and not uh, attach our yeah joy to, our joy yeah, yeah so all good. those things welcome to the growing with the nearest podcast i am brian and i'm sonia and we are so excited that you have joined us on this journey as we explore the topics of faith purpose and relationships i'm so excited to talk about our subject today sonia can you introduce it for us yes we're talking about finances and marriage yes so i I feel like the topic of money mm-hmm. is such is such like a hairy topic and it's a trigger topic for a lot of people, oh, especially yeah, people in marriage, marriages. Um, you know, we know that statistics tell us that one of the number reasons, number one reasons why marriages fail and have conflict mm-hmm. is money. Yes, you know, exactly that's right. one of the topics that, you know, causes a lot of conflict in marriage. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear kind of your background with money. I mean, did you see it managed really well? Were you taught like what what what's like your experience with money that you brought into marriage? That's really good. I think that um because and I the reason why I think it's really good is to start there is because like we bring into marriage what we've learned. Mm-hmm. And especially when it comes to finances. So for me and in, in our household, like it was kind of it was an interesting dichotomy because I knew we didn't have a lot of money, but I didn't feel like we didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. You know, so I felt like my parents did a really good job of helping us not attach our worth to money and not uh, attach our yeah, joy, to, our joy, yeah, yeah, so all good. those things to money. But in the same breath, like I, I was like aware I was aware. And it was probably because I went to school and I would see friends who had more. You know, I would go to their houses. They would, you know, would have bigger houses and I, we would be, we were in an apartment yeah. and, you know, or the house we moved into was, you know, a, a three bedroom, a small three bedroom, 1500 square foot house. And so like when I would go to my other friend's house, we had these gigantic, you know, I was, our the school that we went to was, it, it was a very interesting school because, and I think it was like yours, you had a lot of diverse um, financial demographics. Yeah, totally. In the, in the in the school. And so I was like acutely aware of the fact that like, okay, we're not rich. (laughs) My family isn't rich. Like my parents don't just always have money for us to spend, you know, um, extemporaneously as, as, as much as we want, but like we have everything we need. Yeah. We have everything. So I always had, when it came to money, there was always like a contentment that I had, um, with it. And so, um, but you know, growing up, I've, I've understood the need, and like the place that finances, like it's a good thing to have finances and it's an even better thing to be a good steward of your finances. So I feel like that's what my parents first and foremost taught us um, was especially my dad. My dad really taught and my dad dealt with the more the money more than my mom did. Um, but my my dad would always teach us to be good stewards with our money. And, you know, number one, the number one uh, tenet of being a good steward of your money is tithing yeah and so you know from a very young age I um was taught how to tithe like even if I had a dollar my dad would be like all right go get 10 dimes and give <laughs> one to the god I love you that. know that's so and special so that's what we grew up do- doing we grew up always giving to god and 
And even in and even in our the fact that I don't know if we lacked, but like we didn't have a lot of surplus. But my parents always made it a practice to give to people. Yeah. Like every single time, every single time um a a missionary or someone from Africa came to uh came to the United States, like you can bet your bottom dollar that my parents were inviting them over for a meal. And my parents were doing any and everything that they could to make provisions for them. Like they would have, they would have um, host dinners where people would come in, um, where like they would have some of their donors come in and give to, uh, to to these missionaries, and and they would always like you know hand them even if if it was something as little as a hundred dollars, they would you know they would give them these missionaries a hundred dollars. So it was like being a giver was always modeled to me, mm-hmm. and so like giving and giving and, and and earning always there was always a strong correlation there for me it was like i always desired in my heart to be a a good like a generous person yeah and so that was kind of the way that i looked at money and the the background that i had with money and and then once i started getting into um once i got out of college you know i got my first job and it was like it wasn't paying that much but it was like the most money I had ever, <laughs> I was, you know, I was just an artist in residence at a church and, and, uh, they were paying me, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I got all this money. What am I going to do with that? I went and got a car. I went and got, you know, but without a doubt, um, Lexi was gone, huh? Uh, your Lexi. Well, Lexi had died. Lexi, I got in a car accident. <laughs> he I got in all car, of his cars. Yeah. I got in a car accident and Malibu Lou entered into my life. <laughs> And Malibu Lou is 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 has been is, faithful. We still have faithful. Malibu. We still have Malibu Lou. She's paid off. She, yes, bless she, God for she, a paid off car. She runs. <laughs> she runs. Does she run? Well? Does she run well? That, that that's up for debate. Um, but man, I just <laughs> during that time, you know, I started earning money, and I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, earning a little bit of money, and then you know, Brian Ear music, you know you know, th- my music started earning money and, yeah. you know, slowly but surely I was earning more money. But through that whole process, you know, the Lord just kept putting it on my heart to be a good, to be a giver. And so even when I didn't have a lot, even when I didn't have a lot, like I always did my best to give. And I remember there'll be specific moments where the Lord would like, tell me to like give an ex- a, so much money away. Like I remember one day I was in prayer and I had just saved, like, I had just reached a saving milestone. And, like, I was in prayer one day. What was it? Uh, I think it was, like, $5,000 That's or a big deal. Yeah, I had, like, saved $5,000 or something like that. And then I was in prayer, and the Lord, like, the Lord told me, he was, like, give $1,000 to your parents. And ministry, because like, his parents to my have parents a ministry. ministry. Yeah. Called and Hope for like, All Nations. Plug. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, man, God, I just reached this goal. But ultimately, you know, there was so much joy in giving. And um, and then through that process as well, the Lord started challenging me to give more of my income away. And so when I was, um, I think it was like my first or second year out of college and, you know, I was starting to earn a little bit of money, uh, the Lord was like, hey, I want you to start increasing the amount of money that you give yes. to my kingdom. I'm so glad that you're mentioning this because I was going to share it. Yes. I know. Yeah, I, and this, I'm, is, this is a long answer. Sorry. No, this is so good. Yeah. Maybe we should call this 
giving in marriage. <laughs> yeah, this is maybe. where it's going. This is, yeah, this is where it's going because when I think about money, I don't think about my earning as much as I do about how much I'm able to give. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just the way that that's just the way that I was taught. But so I started like one year I was like giving away, you know, giving 12 percent to God. And then the next year I increased it to I increased it to 14 all the way up to 20 percent. Yep. So I was giving away for years. I was giving when I met you. Yep. I was giving away 20 percent of yep. my income at that time. Yep. And, you know, man, uh, scripture is so clear and um, I believe it's in Malachi where God tells us to test him in yeah. giving, like to see, like test him and see if I will not pour out like bounty from heaven upon yeah. you. And it's the Give. only place yeah. in scripture where we are permitted by God himself to test him. Yeah, it's in Malachi. Um, I don't spe- specifically have the um, reference. scripture reference yep. in front of me. You can go look it up yourself. Um but <laughs> but uh but I remember the Lord was just challenging me to give more and more and more and more and um and so that just became like a theology of life for me. Come on. It's like giving giving as much as you can. Bring him in. Yeah. Absolutely. Course. Mr. Mr. Ezekiel's coming. Is he feeling sad? Okay. Oh yeah, he probably is hungry. No. Hi, Okay, I'll be him and I'll bring him back. Thank you. Um, but yeah, giving became a theology that I that that I subscribe to, and I've had the opportunity because we're talking about in marriage. I've had the opportunity to bring that into our marriage, and luckily, I have a wife who is so amazing and so gracious. Um, she's so gracious in that she was on board with me, like with us as a family, you know, giving that amount of money away from our income. And it was very, very, very hard at the beginning. But I want to stop there. Let's earmark that. We'll come back to it. And I want you to talk about your upbringing with money. Like what is your background with money? How did you grow up with it and around it? My mom, for a major portion of my childhood, was a single mom to four kids. And so she she was doing her absolute best. I remember she was working all these different jobs. You know, I have so much respect for the the load and the weight that was on her shoulders to provide for us kids. Yeah. Um but I saw, you know, I saw her struggle. I saw that it was hard and I like even asking my mom for grocery money she wasn't putting shame and guilt on me, but I would feel guilt. Yeah. Like I would feel so much guilt just to ask for like lunch money. Yeah. And so I I would say like we ebbed and flows, eb- ebbed and flowed of like, like really being in lack and like yeah. being okay. And then like going back into lack and like then being okay. And it was never, it was never a result of, you know, how hard my mom was working. It was like, honestly, the devourer just was, the enemy just came for my mom. Wow. Yeah. Like he really, he really, um, would just come and cause so many hindrances, you know, like the car breaking down and Mm. then, you know, like unforeseen circumstances where it's like on paper, we should have been probably like, okay. But like all of these things would just like pop up and my mom 
she did her best and she navigated it well. And I'm really proud of her and I'm so grateful for her. But just seeing just seeing certain things of different struggles, I think made like put a root of like lack and fear yeah. in my heart. And so yeah. I have never been like a big spender. Yeah. And I've and I would always save my money. Mm. And and I always thought it was like a good thing until the Lord was like, You're not saving, you're hoarding. Ooh. Like you're, this isn't wisdom. Like you are literally hoarding because scripture says like we're storing up riches on in this world for what? Mm. Like moths are going to eat it away when we're gone. That is so good. So yes, we need to say, we need to have a savings account. We need to have a plan. You know, there's strategic ways of wisdom of how much to save and, and X, Y, Z and how to save it. But I was, I was just so so tangled in a stronghold of lack that I would never spend money on myself Mm. other than food. Like that would be like the only thing. And I was like the person that was a bargain shopper, but it was like such a poverty mentality. Yeah. You know, like, so I've slowly come out of that and I still, I still feel the weight of that even today. Yeah. Like Brian will be like, you have this amount of money to spend on yourself and I won't spend it. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be so hard to get her to like, I won't spend, spend money and do because stuff. I'm like, go get your nails done. Like go, I go, feel, go do this. I feel, and I'm sure a lot of moms feel this way. I feel so yeah. much guilt. Mm. I feel guilt when it's like, I know my kids need da, 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 yes. Why would I go like spend $70 on my nails? Like that feels really irresponsible. Yeah. Like I don't want to do that. Yeah. Or like, I know that I need new pants, but like, because I've just had a child and I don't have pants that fit me correctly. Yeah. Um. But I just feel guilty about like taking away from our family. Yes. And so that's something I still am walking through, which is a grace on my life that the Lord has brought Brian to be a leader in our finances because we don't need, we don't need people who, who have, my experiences that aren't healed up and restored and renewed in their mind to be leading the family's finances. Mm. And so there's so much grace when there's both the husband and the wife yeah. are like that. Like there's grace and yeah. there's, and there's no shame. There's no condemnation, but I just would like to offer from my point of view, what I've been able to see Brian do and lead in our area of finances. Like it's, it's changed my life. Mm. Babe, if I would have been in charge of our finances right off the jump, I would have done my best, yeah. but we wouldn't be where we're at now because I would be overwhelmed and stressed every time I would look at a spreadsheet. Mm. Like every single time I would look at a spreadsheet, mm. if we even got that far. Well, sometimes I am, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I would feel so overwhelmed, so stressed. I had a scripture I, I looked up on my phone. Love it. Proverbs 27, 23. Because my sister and I owned a business um, earlier on in my early 20s. I'm almost 30. Um, early in my 20s. And we were making so much money per month. Mm. I have never seen that much money ever. Mm. Ever. Wow. I never even, ha- like, I was, by the time I was 20, I maybe didn't even ever have $1,000 in my bank account. That's a big deal. Yeah. And so when you have, when you have people, well, for me, when, when I'm immediately in charge of so much money, yeah. like I squandered that opportunity because I never, I did not know how to steward it properly. Yeah. And so I would look at our business's spreadsheet for finances and I would feel so overwhelmed because I just, there was ignorance, mm-hmm. right? Lord's scripture says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Yeah. And so I just don't want like us to squander the opportunity of 
stewarding wealth just because we don't have knowledge. 100%. And so Proverbs 27, 23, this is what the Lord shared in that season of me running, running that business with my sister. Be sure to know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. Yes, that's so good. We have to. And in this time, if you look at like proper her- hermeneutics, like who is the writer even speaking to? How is that relevant in this time when this was written? Yeah. Well, like the size of your flock was how how wealthy you were. Yep. Like that was that was literally a representation of currency for them. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, you might have a huge herd, but are your all of your sheep sick? Mm-hmm. You're going to go to sell them and what they're going to wor- be worth nothing because yeah. they have worms, you know, their teeth are decaying, yeah. you know, they're, they have mange. It's yeah. like, know the condition of your flocks. Wow. And I'm so grateful for Brian because he has a system that has worked for us. We've had to tweak it to wait to where I could really get on board. <laughs> yeah, And we're if still, it- <laughs> we're still in that process. We full disclosure, like, and we'll get into, we'll get into a little bit, like just about the communication that is necessary for like proper management of your money, but keep going, babe. Yeah. So I just want to say that you've created a system and if, if it wasn't for me and like what I bring to the table, it would work flawlessly. Right. But, but there's <laughs> no, two people, there's two people, have. there's two people that have to run finances. It's not just one person. Yeah. Even if there's a leader in your family who is leading finances, yeah. the other person has got to be informed and has got to be involved and on board of what the system is for your family. Like yes. I personally feel like if one person is managing the finances and the other person is not involved and it seems like you're being successful. I just don't think that's success. Yeah. Like I just don't. I yeah. think that both people need to be on board and involved. Yeah. Um, even if it even if it's just a conversation of like, hey, this is where we're at. Because because for me, even though I'm not running like the day to day, I know what our savings goals are. I mm. know I know like what what we're working towards. Exactly. And so that's when Brian important. says this is our budget, it like it makes sense to me. We're still fine-tuning, like, the perfect system for our family. Yeah. But I think that there's some principles that we can go by. And one of the principles is know the condition of your flock. Yes. If you have never looked at your bank statements. Yeah. You're only looking at the amount that's in your account because that was me. (laughs) I only, if it was like I wanted to get something, I would just check what my balance was. Yeah. That's really poor stewardship. Mm. And you're behind. You're immediately behind. And so- Look at your bank statements. Like, see where your see where your money is going. Mm. Like, check the condition of your flock. Like, are you spending like too much money on food and eating out? Are you spending too much money on like you know extracurricular activities like going to the movies, hanging out with your friends? Yeah. You know, figure out what the condition is, and then you can move from there. But you will never be able, in my personal opinion, you're never going to be able to thrive in wealth if you do not know the condition of your flock. Finances is one of the main things that people get divorced about. Finances is one of those things. And I think it's really a matter of not seeing eye to eye and not being on the same page. And so like one of my goals as a man is like within the context we use, we do a zero sum budget, which essentially means that like we have an allotment of money and we budget to zero dollars. So like it's allocated. We know exactly where, like I have a spreadsheet that is like pretty extensive that um like documents like where 
essentially every dollar that we have has gone. Zeke, Mr. Zeke's hungry. Absolutely. Um, and so I have a zero sum budget that I use and I have it. It's, it's, um, it's a Google, sh it's a, sorry, it's a number sheet. And like, I'm literally able to, I can look at the whole year of our, of like, of our spending and our, and our earning and all of the allocations in the middle of that as well. And so, um, it's not like, it's not about perfection. I think it's about, and God's not specifically looking for us to be perfect in our, in our financial stewardship, but he wants us without a doubt to be putting our hands to the plow in the area of finances in a way that is healthy and in a way that is continually getting better. So I don't want anybody to feel shame. Like if you, if like you're currently in a situation or a circumstance where like you're just not handling your money well right now. If, if I'm going to give you one piece of advice, I th the, the first piece of advice is this. Just start documenting. Just start documenting. Where is your money going? Because if you don't document that, you'll never know the root causes of why sometimes, like, you're living in lack. Okay? And a lot of the times it's, 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 it's amazing because I can show Sonia even retroactively. I can show Sonia, hey, baby, this is where our money has gone. This is where our money is going. This is how much we're saving. These, just like she talked about, these are the goals that we have. Like right now, we're saving for a down payment for a house. Like all of our money, like this year, we implored in our heart that we're going to save as much money as we can for our house. And like we, uh, for us, like we're, 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 not the, we're not the type who like we, we still like to have fun. Like we like to go out to eat and especially in this season of our lives like going out to eat has had to be a thing because we just had our second child and life is hard so like we will spend a little bit more money going out to eat because right now in that season that's what we need for our sanity <laughs> just to be very honest but other than that like outside of things like that and like we love to like every like every now and then especially like making vacations like like the Lord has blessed us with opportunities to like really be frugal with our vacations because I, I travel to a lot of amazing destinations um, uh, for events to sing and stuff. And so I'll just bring the family along and we'll make a vacation out of it. But so like every now and then we take a vacation. So like I'm not an advocate of people just like not having fun at all. But in your having fun, are you meeting the goals and the things that you have that you have implored in your heart? And number two, are you giving? Like, are you giving? We talked about it a little bit a little bit earlier. Like, are you giving? Are are you giving number one tithe? And are you giving like to other people? One of the things that Sonia and I did at the beginning of our marriage, um, and what in response to like giving twenty percent of our um, of our income away, like Sonia was like, "Hey, I think that maybe what if we broke up? You know, where we're giving that?" And so what we decided to do is we started a giving account. And so every and so every paycheck, ten percent of our money goes to um, goes to the Lord, and then actually just in the interest of like full self disclosure, one of the things the Lord like as I was praying this past year, I really felt the Lord like put it on my heart to um, actually use. So instead of doing twenty percent, giving away twenty percent, doing fifteen percent, and then using that other five percent literally to like sow into my family. So, like, we have what I call uh, an FDF, a family discretionary fund. 
So it's it's money that we're able to use just to have fun as a family, to go out to eat, to do fun things together because that is sowing into that that is an aspect of giving that I value in my life as well. So 10% of our money will go straight to God. Like and we 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 pay that 10% to the house of God. That's where we believe that your first 10% should go. And then the next 5% goes into a giving account, which we use literally just to bless people. So when like someone has a need, like we're, we have the opportunity and we're able to bless people. Like we could just swipe our card and bless them or send them dinner. Like we've had the opportunity, like we had a friend, we've, we had friends who had a baby this year and we were able just to, we were able to like send them a, a number of meals, a number of meals whenever they had their baby so that they didn't have to worry about it. And, and, and there's so many other instances where we've just had the opportunity to be a blessing uh, to people. But, like, man, set your life up to, be, to, to live a life of generosity. And this is the last thing that I want to say. There's so much more that we can say. And Sonia went to feed our little baby boy. Uh, so maybe we'll do another episode uh, talking about uh, finances and marriage and maybe just do a whole one on giving. But, like, whenever you give to God, God will always bless you in a way that is completely and totally uh, above what you ever gave. So like in our life, like at the beginning of our marriage, um, at the beginning of our marriage, I had some expectations upon like what I'd be able to earn through my work. And to be very honest, those expectations didn't come to pass. And therefore, I had to go through a season where I was using a lot of my reserves to live, to live off of. But still in that process, like, we implored in our heart that we're not going to stop giving just because we, we're not seeing the cash flow of income come in that we need to see. We kept on giving. And that was for about a year and a half to two years. But then we saw the Lord begin to bless our lives and bless the work of our hands. You know, we set in our hearts at the onset of our onset of our marriage to be generous. Yep. And I think... I think that so many people really, they really want to give. Yeah. They really want to give. They want to, they want to be generous, but they just don't see in their finances, like where they can give from. Right. And so this is a practical like tip of, we don't live off of a hundred percent of our income. Yeah. We live off of 80% of our income. Yeah. So, cause that gives us 10% off the very first thing to give to the Lord, which is our tithe. Mm-hmm. And then we have, you know, the 10 more percent to give and be generous wherever the Lord leads us. Yep. Right. Amen. And so in some of our seasons where we had not a lot of money, <coughs> we always had money to give. Always. Somehow, some way. We always had money to give because we were diligent in setting aside yep. that 10% for giving yep. in our giving fund. And so I just think that that longing and that gift can be imparted. And so we're going to pray. Yes. We're going to pray. Amen. So Lord, right now in Jesus name, I pray, I pray for an impartation of the, the gift of generosity. Yes. You gave your one and only son. You are the most generous being that ever exists. The least we can do, Lord, is to give as well. And so I just pray, Lord, an impartation of excitement and a system to be able to give responsibly, to be able to actually have funds to give. I pray for that, Lord. And 
specifically over finances, over families, Lord. I just pray for wisdom. I pray people would would be empowered to find the find the condition of their flocks. To look at their flocks. How are their flocks doing? And when they're looking, they don't need to feel shame. They just need to assess the flock and then move forward in practical steps of financial stewardship. And so, Lord, I just pray that we wouldn't despise small beginnings. Mm. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would be we would steward a little well. Yeah. So that you would bless us with more. Because we have proven we can steward it. And so I just thank you, Lord. And right now, I just thank you. We're going to have our dream house. Yes, Lord. Yes, we are. We're going to have it because we've been faithful. You're good. Even if we were not faithful, your word says that you're faithful even when we're not faithful because you cannot deny who you are. But I just believe, Lord, we've sowed seeds and we're going to reap a harvest. And I just pray over every seed, um, over every listener that can hear the sound of my voice. And I just pray that every seed would sprout up and produce fruit for the kingdom of God and for the sower. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning into the Growing with the Nearest podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you share it with a friend and also that you leave a review and subscribe on whatever platform that you are listening or watching on. And we will see you next week.